You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. episode we'll be talking about the kinks arthur or the decline and fall of the british empire in the room i have rob yes sir and ben yeah dude arthur is the seventh studio album by the english rock band the kinks released on the 10th of october 1969 on pyre in the uk and reprise in the u.s and the producer is ray davies and the genre is rock kinks frontman ray davies constructed the concept album as the soundtrack to a Granada television play and developed the storyline with novelist Julian Mitchell. However, the television program was canceled and never produced. The rough plot revolved around Arthur Morgan, a carpet layer who was based on Ray and guitarist Dave Davies' brother-in-law, Arthur Anning. And from All Music Reviews, Stephen Thomas Irwine, Arthur or the decline and fall of the British Empire, extends the British-oriented themes of the Village Green Preservation Society, telling the story of a London man's decision to move to Australia during the aftermath of World War II. It's a detailed and loving song cycle, capturing the minutia of suburban life, the numbering effect of bureaucracy, and the horrors of war. On paper, Arthur sounds like a pretentious mess, but Ray Davies' lyrics and insights have rarely been so graceful or definitely executed. And the music is remarkable. An edgier and a harder rocking affair than Village Green, Arthur is as multi-layered musically as lyrically. Shangri-La evolves from English folk and hard rock. Driving has a lazy grace. Young and Innocent Days is a lovely and wistful ballad. Some Mother's Son is one of the most uncompromising anti-war songs ever recorded, while Victoria and Arthur rock with simple glee. The music makes the words cut deeper, and the songs never stray too far from the album's subject, making Arthur one of the most effective concept albums in rock history, as well as one of the best and most influential British pop records of its era. Alright, what do we think of Arthur by The Kinks? Top five Desert Island for me personally. Awesome. I love this record. I could go on for it for days. I'd like to hear what other people think though. <laughs> uh, no, please. Dish. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was amazing. I mean, yeah, every time I listen to this, I feel like as I mature, as I get older, I, I keep going back and, and finding new things. It's strange because I feel like younger me had a Beatles period and might somewhat you start to see these like little cracks within the 
sort of like, ah, that's not such a classic Beatles song or something like that. Whereas I feel like the kinks I've now grown more into in a strange way. I did the same thing. I went, but I went from Beatles to uh, to Beatles were like my, 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 my entryway to, and, and, but then, you know, I started seeing the cracks just like you and I went to the stones yeah, and you know, like, same thing. Yeah, got, got dirty, got bluesy, got sexy, and that was that was kind of like me in my twenty, like me in my teens was Beatles, me in my twenties was Stones. Now I'm in my my late thirties, and the last like five or six years, I've just started to appreciate and resonate with the Kinks more and more and more because they definitely they don't have the glossy facade of the Beatles, but they they're almost like more multifaceted than just like the sexy, dirty rock of the stones. There's more satire. There's more like social commentary, but it never loses its musicalness. It never loses its whimsy. It always rocks, you know? Uh, yeah. Power pop. That's sort power, of like. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But even with the power pop, there's some really smart chord changes going yeah. on here that I I had never really contemplated or or heard before this. Um, I guess specific to that, um, like wh- one of the weirder things was like I think, and I wish Grady was here mm-hmm. because he would be able to tell me like on the Shangri La like uh, chorus. I think it's a Picardy third that they decide to do, <laughs> which is like just old, archaic, like uh, as opposed to like uh, you know uh, concluding on the minor. You're yeah. gonna you're gonna you're gonna shift up to you're gonna shift down back down to the third or up to the third, all depending. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like just I don't know, like uh, there there's there's some very interesting uh, like choices that were made and. Um, Who's the singer's name again? I'm, Ray. I'm sorry. Ray, Ray Davies. Ray Davies. Um, his his vocal delivery on some of this stuff is just hilarious. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Mm, what do I say? <laughs> Very British. So the, British. The kinks are one of the... Like, Ray Davies' vocal delivery... There's so many British rock and rollers that when they sing, don't sound British. Ray Davies, when he sings... It sounds like he just fell out of your chimney dressed, you know, dressed like Dick Van Dyke, you know? Like. Ricky the Fish and Chips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he looks like he has, like, the full Who, like, Iron Jack suit on. Yeah, like, yeah. When he's Speaking of the Who, you know, like, this is a concept album. So was Tommy. Right. Tommy sold better, I'm assuming. Don't talk about Tommy in front of Rob. He's not... not it's not pro, very good. Not pro-Tommy. Well, here's... A, this is better than Tommy if we're going for concept records. No, well, I, I am in agreement with you. Thank I you. I think I would agree. And yeah. so was Rolling Stone. Uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but uh, Rolling Stone write-up said... Uh, it's less ambitious than Tommy, yet for, far more musical. Pete Townsend still has worlds to conquer, and the Beatles have a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> That's a glowing review. Yeah, saying dude. the the Beatles. Yeah, although the Beatles are they're done. Done at this. Well, point. let it ble- let it be. So has to come out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, some, uh, sorry, some, some other son specifically I wrote next to it, that is some weird chord progressions that he's going through with his, like, uh, vocal modulations. Oh, yeah. 
like real weird for pop man like very very ambitious yeah they're not afraid to to throw in like some seventh chords some ninth chords and and really stretch it neither were the beatles though yeah i I mean beatles were always more polished than the kinks though this sounds more um oh what 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 would the, the correct word be um it feels more off the cuff. Uh, uh, either, either more sincere or more desperate. Like okay. I, I use desperate only because, like the like some of this, uh, like the um, some of the instrumentation, like is reminds me of what will happen eventually when we get the airplane over the sea, and uh, some of the vocal delivery as well is very just like. Just like uh, stretching the voice and like cracking and everything, like yeah. and uh, desperate may not be the right word for it. I think that's an okay word. It's a good okay word. I, I get where you're going with it. I, yeah, definitely. I, I definitely got a uh, Paul Westerberg replacements vibe when uh, mm-hmm. you know listening to the Kings. Sure, and it, it, I could see desperate as as being a, a a word sort of like that that strenuous, you know, just making it different. I mean, well, not not singing. Perfect every time. And what Ben had, changing uh, your voice. Yeah. Ben, ben and I had discussed a little bit earlier was uh, just there, there, there's a few different times on here where proto punk just pops up out of nowhere. Oh, absolutely. Um, ben, uh, we 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 both heard it in different songs and we both agreed with each other. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, Rob, you you definitely heard it in Brainwashed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brainwashed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just br- right at, right at the, f- the the first bridge of Brainwashed is like that's the first time I've ever heard chords go in that direction on guitar with that many strummings. Yeah, and like it's like holy shit, they just they this like that would be my pinpoint for like the first time I heard punk rock in 1969. <laughs> They ride Mr. Churchill says that momentum all the way into she bought a hat like Princess <laughs> Maria. And which what, I, what for, do you think? For which I, think I mean, song? okay, I guess so cheeky. It's the Kinks. Well, we've said <laughs> before it wouldn't be a Kinks album without to the token it. vaudeville yep. song. <laughs> and this, I, I don't think the harpsichord like popped up in this record <laughs> up until this point. <laughs> You're gonna have that song on any King's album. No, this in 1969. Like I think you got like a discount on studio time if you used the harpsichord they paid twenty thousand pounds for. <laughs> I believe there's. I, I, I know you love when when bands just randomly throw in a bicycle horn, Birch. Right? You're, you're gonna get that on on uh, Princess Marina. That was intentional. That was very intentional, I, which I find you, annoying. I, I, are you referring to its use in Pet Sounds? Yes. Or is, oh, 
it's intentional on this one too. Yeah. It's <laughs> <was> like, all right. <laughs> uh, it, it's a commentary though, still. You know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it's about it's about you know poor like like working class lower income people. Uh, you know, just like buying yeah. buying stuff to show, like to make them look showy, when they they still don't have enough food, to, like money to eat. You yeah, know? I thought it was interesting too because it was, uh, you know, in several reviews they were like, uh, unless you say this, you know, like this is would be the only track that you could say is kind of a dud or whatever. But then they go on to say, but don't tell that to Kinks fans because it's some of them will say it's their favorite song or you know like. It's definitely not my favorite song as a Kinks fan. Yet I did expect it hidden somewhere inside uh, side two. Yeah, you know they're 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 gonna throw that that vaudeville. I I I forget what 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 the the British because vaudeville was more of like an American thing. Yeah, but what they T- call Tin Pan Alley. Yeah, that, that that type of thing. Yeah, I really really like the song Australia. Love Australia. It is so catchy. It is an earworm. I love Shangri-La too. Every but everyone wants to be something better than <laughs> yeah. The like Australia. Like I, I know that people can't see in, in podcast form, like the hand movements. Jazz hands. But Australia, Australia. <laughs> it just reminds me of Brazil. Oh yeah, totally. And also, a few of these songs uh, have some very, very sweet, like, uh, Beach Boys-esque, like, harmonies, like, popping up in the background. I was, I was thinking Beach Boys, too. I, was, I kept finding myself interested in just, why, do you, why, why don't you think this, like, worked for television? Why, why didn't they carry it through? Just the money, I, I there's, guess. It there's just so fell. many reasons it could have gone south for, yeah. like, a big production like that. And you know, and we never would have. Who knows how many of these types of things? Also, w- Village Green did not sell that well, so they were not coming yeah. off of like a. That's true. A big selling record. Is that why Actually, I found the- it for six dollars at the <laughs> thrift store? <laughs> I think no, it that's... sells. I think it sells better now than it did in '68. Oh. <laughs> also, they read that they returned to the charts after two years' absence, uh, with Victoria peaking at number sixty-two. Two in the U.S. and they failed to chart in Britain with Victoria. Yes, you know, and Victoria had different B sides in uh, the U.S. and Britain, and I wouldn't mind getting my hands on either one of those singles because either way, it, it's really cool. I think Victoria is one of the stronger song, one of the stronger pop songs on this record. Yep. It, oh, sorry, the album didn't chart. Okay. So. Uh. Victoria as a song. Yeah. It is so catchy. I hum it to myself all the time. Uh, one of our good friends, Victoria Boggs, I, I just want to sing the song when she's around. Because <laughs> at I, her. At her. Because I like her and I like this song. Uh, in the U.S., uh, Victoria was backed with uh, Brainwashed, solid A-side, B-side. That's a great... Yeah. And in the U.K., Victoria was backed with, Mr. Churchill says, in my opinion, also solid A-side, B-side, and I like that that side A is Victorian, where side B is like mid twentieth century, both about uh, the the British rule. Yeah, I'm gonna be on the lookout for this. Look at everything else that was coming out in '69 at this point, and I I don't know when did the, when was this album released? It was what released month? the same day as the King Crimson. 
album. Man. 10th uh, of October, 1969. All I can think is that the Ray Davies had, had wanted, like, his ideal aspect was going back to this idea of uh, the... Uh, Concept or con, con, like just like English proper yeah. and all this stuff and in that way like his want of going back the world had passed him by at that point in time if King Crimson came out the same day that this came out and we were already like into Led Zeppelin and everything yeah this got buried man yeah the, the, true. there's no the, there's there's no way that this could have risen to anything. I did write a concept record about how nice England used to be. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's a great record, yeah. but man, like that's not a <laughs> I, I not did, where the world went. Yeah, right. I definitely wrote that. This it's it's interesting to see a band take the Baroque pop to its fullest extent. Like they took that model that the Beatles had done, the Zombies had done, and they just said. This is it. This is our masterpiece within the concept album format. So, like, it reminds me. It of, works so well. And at but this point, you're like, right. a, a, enough months to years have passed that it's the broke pop, but it's got classic rock roots right. in it. Like, there's heavier guitar. There's some heavy hooks. It, it it's baroque pop, but it's got plenty of crunchiness to it. there's anything I was going to say negative on this album, I think the recording is not as strong as I would like it That's to be. That's going to haunt the kinks through, like, their whole career. Yeah. Like, kind of, like, kind of, like... And it was produced by Ray Davies, so... Yeah. I don't know... The recording, I see what you're saying. Yeah. It does, like, I don't have... It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me as a fan of music, yeah. but as a technical like mm-hmm. when i get put my you know engineer brain on and i'm like how does this actually sound and how could it sound yeah i start to imagine a, like a fuller sound i like the dirtiness of it i yeah. like how it's a bit you know almost sounds like it's a four track that is cranked up or something mm-hmm. like that but i think they could have i think it's a little they did themselves kind of a disservice by not properly recording and then getting the effect they want in within some of these songs. I know that like they also have had they they have been open about uh like their dissatisfaction with the recording quality of different projects they've done. And like their early stuff, just that that like power chord garage rock that got them their name, uh like that was their bread and butter, but like by the mid late 60s 
they felt they were getting kind of typecast in that, that producers were kind of forcing them into that. So they were, they were seeking other options. Like they were record, they were producing themselves. They were seeking like different ways to not get typecast like that. And they may have sacrificed some quality for artistic freedom. Yeah. That being said, if that is the sacrifice, I'm fine with the recording quality of this record. Sure. You know? So, I man, I forgot to cite my quote here. But uh, the build-up to the project that was supposed to be Arthur, the television event, that that then kind of crumbled. I, I, at least we still have this artifact from it. But I, I just wrote, I, again, I didn't cite my quote, just uh, Ray Davies' grand arsti- artistic visions once again dashed by bureaucracy and internal politics. Which is amazing because this is exactly what the... Right. The album is talking right. about. Yeah. <laughs> Self-fulfilling <laughs> prophecy. <laughs> yeah, it's poignant like that. Uh, it's amazing. I love the wit. The British... His wit is sharp as a knife. I... like At the same level, like I, I would love to be able to just like find myself briefly in an elevator with Ray Davies... Just like have that excuse to have just a little bit of human connection. On the same note, though, he would probably like it. Would probably be the last thing he would want. <laughs> <laughs> just like he'd probably he'd probably hate it. <laughs> so is this the last Kings record that we're gonna do? This I think is the last one we're going to do. Lola Though versus we, we Power Man or whatever. Lola versus Power Man. Yeah, that album deserves to be in this book. That being said, this is the fourth or fifth Kings record. I'm glad that they are so well represented because I think in just general rock history, they don't get their their day in the sun as much as they should. Sure. I'm starting to notice um, from our previous, you know, Legion Leaf Fairport convention and then so many kinks. I'm starting to think that this has a bit of a like a a, a English like slant to but it. we spent we 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 personally spent eight months of our lives in San Francisco in the sixties. That's true. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> it was a rough time <laughs> that I don't want to go back to, <laughs> and, and I'm All pretty right. sure that New York is going to have a lot of things to say in the seventies yeah. coming up in the not too distant future. We don't need to go around the room, do we? Oh, yeah, because. I we, think it's pretty clear. I don't think we need to go around the Birch, room. Birch, I don't think this album's very good, and I, I think that... Uh, We're all in the positive, right? Yes, we are all in the positives. Ben's going to sing us out. What should I play it out with, Ben? What would be the... What's the closer for uh, this episode? Australia. Let's Australia. Because we haven't listened to it yet in our headphones. All right, let's do it. All right, next time we'll be talking about King Crimson in the court of the Crimson King. Oh. All right, thanks, y'all. Show. Sure.